You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Hemlock Grove After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Hemlock Grove After Show. Oh, man. I feel like I'm at the club yeah. right now. I like this one. Oh. <laughs> hey, everybody. Like <laughs> Bing is for doing, and here we are doing another awesome after show for your favorite show, Hemlock Grove. And here it is at AfterBuzz TV. We're on season one, episode 10, What God Wants. I am your host, Shano, and I'm joined here by my... <laughs> Like, I am joined here by a gaggle of gorgeous girls. Let's start start to my right. Hello, everyone. I'm Marissa Serafini. Hey, guys. I'm Tiana Hobson. Hi there. I'm JJ Juergens. We're going to be talking about a number of interesting topics. This was one of the best episodes recently. And uh, let's see. We're going to be discussing... Roman waking up finally. Yay! Yay. Bromance! Bromance being rekindled. back. (laughs) Uh, Olivia and Shelly have an interesting conversation Mm -hmm. in the attic. So do Chrissy and Norman over at the mental institution. Mm -hmm. Chasseur hunts down Peter and Sworn takes a big hit. And of course, those of you who watch the show... Why would you be watching us (laughs) or listening to us if you didn't watch? You know what that's all about. And we'll talk about some news and gossip as well. And we're actually expecting a uh, guest to be calling in. And that's going to be Dean A. Odell, who is the art director on Hemlock Grove. And we're going to have a little interview conversation with him. Yeah. So, Roman finally wakes up, everybody. Jeez. I like the way he waked up. I was like, what? What, yeah. what happened? <laughs> just so non like, oh. Yeah. Like, Don't worry, dude. Whatever. Been, yeah. It's not like you've been out for two weeks or anything. Yeah. Like, all right, let's go. That, that was actually interesting that he said, you've been out for two weeks. And it was, it, you know, in our time, it was two weeks between episodes, yeah. which was pretty neat that that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was virtually no ellipse time between the last episode, episode 9, and this episode, because it was, like, right when Peter's telling Letha to F off and he smashes the lamp in that Mm -hmm. rage, you know, to make her stay away from him. Uh, It it picked up right where it left off, which is pretty neat. And Roman just, yeah, like you said, Marissa, he just, like, nonchalantly wakes up. (laughs) What time is it? (laughs) But he's been out for, like, a few hours. Yeah, to go on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, uh, right away, he's only interested in the full moon, which is pretty cool because he's, like, task-oriented. And they talk to each other, and they end up making up pretty much right there. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the cool thing about being a guy. <laughs> yeah. You I just kind of, you're like, you good? You yeah. good? All right, cool. And walk away. Girls, it would have been a 15-hour talk where there's crying, <laughs> there's laughing, there's more crying. There's hugging. There's hugging. Well, they waited a little bit. They had to go for a nice scenic drive, right? Yeah, to they really did go hash for a it out, drive. you know? 
Yeah, they let did. Their feelings. They did a little bit. And <laughs> thankfully, his car was ready and waiting. And it was nice and clean, yeah. too. His mom really took care of it. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Last episode, she was like, I expect this to be done already. Like, get it to me now. Mm-hmm. He needs to have it. It's almost like she knew that he would need his car as soon as he woke up. Yeah, didn't somebody say something like that during the episode? I feel like Olivia said something like that. Like, there was this divine hand that's kind of like, like everybody's yes. rules have been assigned, right? Was uh, that Olivia? Yeah, yeah it was her. Yeah, yeah she, she basically, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how she worded it, but it was like, she, she said, you think like, I don't know what, what he's been doing and what was coming. She said it's kind of been happened in history. I wrote one thing down that she said, um, yeah, she said she knew what she, he was up to the whole time. Um, the climax is unforeseeable and astonishing every time. So, and then um, Shelly asks her, well, will we be all right? And then she responds, um, Eh, it's a pity you don't drink. (laughs) (laughs) That was a pretty cool moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh man! Yeah. Uh, so Peter and Roman, like like Tiana was mentioning, they go to the waterfront and they kind of still have like a little bit of a conversation there. And uh, Peter ends up saying that the Vargolf is his problem, not Roman's, and he really doesn't want Roman to get involved, but he he still insists on helping. And it's and Peter did some funny kind of goofy cop captain thing. Do you guys remember that? He said something like, "You're a loose cannon, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roman." But uh, you're what do you say? I'm glad I'm glad you're on my side. Something like that, right? But it shows that their bromance is rekindled. Yeah. They're joking around and they're on good terms again. And that now they have to their their mission now is to get this Vargolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Roman, he ends up going to the high school, and his purpose was, was it just to tell Shelly that he's okay? I think he, when he woke up, the relationship that they have, he was like, I need to go see my sister, because at this point, I don't think, I don't even think Letha, by the end of the episode, knows that he's awake again, so I thought it was kind of sweet that he made sure that he went to see his sister, because he knew that out of everyone, she would be the most affected and the most, you know, missing him out of mm-hmm. it, out of the bunch. And mm-hmm. there was that one moment at the school where you see this group of students, they're praying for Roman, which I thought was interesting yeah. because che- uh, Shelley's yeah. also in this group and praying probably against Olivia's knowledge and will because a couple episodes back when we saw Shasor go to Olivia and she says, I'll pray for your son, Olivia, Olivia's like, you'll do no such thing. Mm-hmm. So even Shelly's praying uh, behind Olivia's back. Mm-hmm. You know what? I didn't notice her in that group. So she was in that group with that one like mean teacher that said no petting in the halls, right? I think, um, I think it was that lady. It might have been. I think it, sure. Yeah, I, I had seen her before. I think that too. But then she was in another class, like right afterwards. So did she like move periods, or was that? <laughs> yeah, I think there like, was just a time lapse yeah. in between yeah. scenes. So there. Oh, okay, so there was a little bit of an ellipse because yeah. she ended up being in a different, like some art she class, was in an art mm-hmm. class right? And that, that's right. And it was a, a male teacher there, and that's when Romans like tap it on the glass. <laughs> like, hey, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was kind of fun. Well, interesting because you know. um the whole God thing, 
with the prayer circle praying for Roman, and then later on in the episode, Chasser tells him, you know, he's like, just let me help, and she says, you can't help me because you don't believe in God. But then here's, like, a whole group of people praying for him to mm-hmm. wake up. Now, how does yeah. she know that he doesn't mm-hmm. believe in God? Is it just because Olivia said that comment before? I think Chasser knows that he's an Upir, and I guess Upirs don't believe in religion. Hmm... That doesn't satisfy Sean Larissa. He's not satisfied with that answer. But then she makes weird comments then, because if that's the case, she says things like, oh, God, you know, doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be strong and things like that. Mm -hmm. So she wouldn't say both of those things if if God doesn't, you know, if he doesn't care about God, what would that matter? Maybe she was testing him to see if he would argue the fact that he does believe in God so that he could help. And since he said nothing, kind of proved her point. Hmm. Maybe one of those loaded questions, no? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sean still doesn't look satisfied with good enough. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Still not buying it. Back, back to the Hardy Boy aspect of this <laughs> conversation. So the, the, the guys, they're in the car, right? They're listening to the radio, and this, in a way, it reveals, like, there's this curfew that's going on, right? Now, they said the curfew, like, any minors out after, what was it? Was it 10 or was it 6? Sunset. Sunset? Sunset, Wow. Yeah. That's pretty early, man. So yeah, after depending on what time of year it is. Yeah. So after sunset, they they better have a good reason for saying, yeah, that's what Sheriff Sworn ends up saying. Now, was it just minors or was it anybody who's out after sunset? Because it seemed like they, everybody... I think the whole town was put yeah. down on curfew. Yeah. So that was, that's pretty interesting how the Fargoal for the, the killer has that many people <laughs> scared mm-hmm. that they have that everybody has to be inside their houses, which is pretty interesting. And we noticed that there's really more of a... I think there's a big MO here. Like, there's, a, there's pretty much it's young girls that are being killed. Now, we've talked before in previous episodes, like, maybe it could be lesbians that are being killed. Maybe it could be just, like, teenage girls that are really sexually active or sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, and I, I do want to talk about it later when we get the sworn, like, why? Why did his girls mm-hmm. get killed, you know? So, fast forward a little bit more. Um, the boys, they're over at the steel mill. They're talking. And, again, they're still kind of reconciling a little bit, even though they had done it earlier in the episode they're still doing it more and this is where they really get to the meat of it which is obviously roman's jealousy so he's yeah yeah, he's Mm. pretty much jealous about letha being with peter right Mm -hmm. and he ends up saying like hey man do you love her and then peter's like oh yeah yeah i think yeah i guess so (laughs) (laughs) and for i guess for a guy that's a guy in high school that's pretty solid guy in high school after two weeks yeah yeah. It's been two weeks. That's that's quick on any scale. <laughs> to be dropping L bombs already. Young love. But I agree. Young love. But I think it's just just because they just got reunited and they're friends again. Now he's like, okay, uh, uh, I believe it. You're in love. All right, let's mm-hmm. you know just put that aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, getting uh, fast forwarding a little bit to the transformation. So it doesn't show it this time, but it shows the aftermath of it. It shows his his skin sack on the mound mm-hmm. of what old right. rubble and steel I guess mm-hmm. and he's run off he's turned into a wolf he looked his eyes looked pretty special this time they're really like intense yellow I kind of half like half second I thought he was the Vargolf instead like because we didn't see Peter actually changed so I was like dude what if the Vargolf was in yeah. there and it switched yeah. places with Peter and then it attacks Roman how crazy would that be I got I got confused I got. for a second too and I thought the same thing because because of the eyes being so intense this time as well and I, I was know. wondering I was like, did they talk out a plan of how to communicate when he's a wolf because <laughs> yeah. you know clearly he can't talk so how are they gonna know like hey hey dude it's me 
you know, like, give me a nod, like, if, because um, Roman kept asking him questions, it's like, he can't answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> are we sure he can understand you in wolf form, besides knowing that, you know, this is my friend, don't hurt him? Does he understand uh, English? Maybe not. I think the interesting is that because we didn't see the transformation and allow the audience to use their imagination again for this transformation, and then uh, the fact that Peter didn't eat his own flesh this time makes me wonder why or hmm. or if he's really on this mission to the search for this Vargolf that he didn't even take the time to eat his flesh oh. again. Yeah. yeah, and it's also interesting because... Um, Shasir, when she's at the steel mill, she mentioned something kind of along those lines, too, or you kind of reminded me of that. She said something to the effect of that he's a monster and he he needs to, like, see himself for it and he's kind of, like, blinded to it, right? Mm -hmm. So we really don't know if Peter isn't killing these girls or not. But we seem to have a caller on the line. Am I right, Stephen? So, hello, caller. Welcome to After Buzz TV's Hemlock Grove podcast. You're on the air. Hi, how you doing? Hello. Hi, how's it going? Uh, what, is, this, uh, is this Dean uh, A. O'Dell? It is. Oh, hi, hi. Dean. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. So nice to have you on, and thanks for uh, taking the time to call us. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's uh, quite gracious. So uh, we were trying to do a little bit of research on you, but we could not find that much online. So tell, tell us a little bit about your background, like where, where are you from, where did you grow up, and how did you get into um, show business? Uh, okay, in, a, in summary, it's um, Canadian, born uh, Ontario, uh, went to through as a uh, graphic artist, illustrator first, and realized I didn't kind of want to go that direction, and then ended up, after graduating from there, went into uh, a four-year film program at, at Ryerson, and kind of just married the art with the film end, and... Um, Found uh, found the the world of filmmaking, and then started working with uh, a buddy of mine who was doing commercials, and that was twenty eight years ago. Oh wow! So it's, been, it's quite the journey then. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been great. It's a it's a it's a wonderful industry. It's got its challenges like everything else, but um, it's a tremendous uh, creative environment that gets to work with some great people and just. Uh, Every you know, it's it, going to work is the same every day, but but every script is different, every cast is different, every situation is different, and uh, uh, it's uh, it, I look forward to it actually, and regardless of whatever project I'm working on. Very good. So, um, how were you initially approached to do the art direction for Hemlock Grove? Uh, there's a local producer or a production manager in town, uh, Whitney Brown, who uh, I've known over the years, called up and uh, set up an interview with uh, the, the wonderfully talented production designer uh, on the show, Drew Boughton. Um, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to talk with him. Uh, he's actually the one that, that brought in the, the Crutzen concept with the, uh, with the images as well as sort of the color palette. And... Uh, Great guy, incredible guy, um, uh, quite gracious, and uh, went through the routine of, of going with the interview and got the job, and uh, it was a wonderful relationship. Uh, excellent. Um, hi, Dean. Thanks for calling in. Um, hello. What was, <laughs> hello. <laughs> what was it like collaborating and working with Darren and Eli with their visual 
concept that they had of the show. Like, did you guys have creative disagreements or did you guys just mesh well and made Hemlock Grove as amazing as it is? Pretty much. I mean, that was, that was on Drew's end primarily uh, to set stuff and to, to come up like with, with, with concepts. But, I mean, obviously from we tried to stay close to Brian's book. Um, there were things that obviously didn't translate well or, or translated in a, di- in a different way, but we definitely wanted to stay close to, to the book as much as possible. But both Eli and Darren are just uh, incredibly uh, talented, gracious men. Um, and, and Darren, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I firmly believe that uh, w- with his input, I mean, he's a tremendous guy, incredibly, another gracious guy. And, and if he had not been around or, or I think without his sort of touch on the series, it's, it's, uh, I doubt that it have, would have gotten the acclaim that it has right now, let alone waiting for a second season. The show definitely has its own special like look, and can you can you talk about the process of of what you guys did to make it, you know, have the look that it does, and what challenges you faced? Um, it was, uh, as I said, I mean, we tried to stay close to the crudes and photographs uh, in in the look. Um, one keep the color the color in, but the color grayed out. Uh, there's no that so that's why you'll never really see anything that's that's incredibly bright. Uh, each person kind of had their own little um, flare, or each person had their own sort of color palette that we tried to to stick with, like uh, Funko with white and and um, the the trailer scenario with with Peter. Uh, there was just there was just so many different elements that um, you know that 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 came to to work. It was one of those projects again where where just everything just seemed to gel from you know from the crew from the cast down from you know the top of the line management all the way down and and uh, it was just one of those wonderful productions actually that uh, mm. that everything came together as well as uh, a crack you know scenic team and a crack uh, construction team that were um, more more of the feature end look I mean that's that's really one thing that we're kind of proud of is, is it's definitely not a television look uh, and that was kind of the intent to make it look like 13 little mini features mm-hmm. um, but again it's um, it's also with the, with the, the, the photography and, and the lighting wise as well nice. uh, um, I just wanted to ask you said that you know you guys had to find all these little things to Get the set to look just right. What was what were some of like the strangest things that maybe you guys had to find to include? Uh, well, a lot of it is is you, you try to like you you research it like to death. You know, like you you just research as much as you can on, on every type of scenario from werewolves to uh, obviously vampires and youpers. I mean, just as as try to get as much to give credit to. To Brian for the input on on the book and the the uh, you know for the research that he put into it as well and uh, it and it's re- it really comes a culmination of, of different elements that just that that work but an uh, incredible amount of research went into just the look um, you know and then obviously you do you know color tests and palettes and but again I mean that's that's uh, more of uh, Drew's hand as well um, 
for the actual color down. And, I mean, he's the one that actually met with uh, Eli and uh, Darren initially in L.A. And um, so that's, that's, that's basically how he ended up getting the job, is, is from what I understand, from when, as we've discussed it, is because he brought two, obviously his, he's got the skill set to do it, but it was the, the color palette and the Crewson photographs that just kind of said what they felt visually, what, what they wanted it to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the, when we were doing some research online, I see that you did art direction for three particular episodes on Hemlock Grove. Um, out of the, uh, let's see, What God Wants, Jellyfish in the Sky, and The Price that I see here that you did, um, which of those was your favorite one to work on? Wow. <laughs> one, I would have to try to remember them all. Uh, each one actually brought um, specialty elements, but uh, but uh, but I liked ten for sure. Uh, episode two, you know, um, there's just I mean, each one had such great visuals, uh, you know, from from the grave scenes to the Hearn Mill to, you know, the church scenes to obviously the, you know, culmination of, of the battle. I don't want to give her anything away because that's in <laughs> episode 12, 13, but um, you can't, it's one, it's one of those things where they're all just part of the bigger picture and you can't really isolate, you know, with which one, because uh, each one brought such a great visual challenge and, and you know. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you, overall, um, aside from the art direction, like taking more of a general perspective, what do you like the most about Hemlock Grove? Um, outside of just, you know, telling the story. Uh, again, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it might be kind of cliche, but it was an, an incredible cast. It's one of those shows that, you know, after, you know, 20 you know plus years of you sit back and go, man. You know what? If if anything, I hope this project goes again because it was just it was just like magic. Mm. Um, it was one of the things where you know the, the cast looked at the role, the cast played the role, the uh, you know everybody on the floor from you know riggers to the grips to the lighting to electrics to camera. I mean, everyone just made it one big kind of family, uh, and everybody was. It was just it was just a great experience. It was uh, you know, and so we're all kind of sitting back and crossing our fingers and toes and hoping that uh, mm-hmm. you know Netflix wants to go again. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I noticed throughout um, some of these episodes there are some random numbers that I'm trying to believe that they have a deeper meaning. Like um, uh, yeah, yeah, they do actually. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but what though? You'd, I'd have to actually probably see the show again. But but each one, uh, it, it's one of those things that's it's you know there's there's a reason for it to being in there. Um, even down to uh, I, f- I f- actually forget the number that we had on uh, the mailbox at uh, Peter's residence had the trailer, but even that had a significance to it. Again, it all comes down to the, the research of, of the whys and hows and, and how you can incorporate it. But, yeah, it was, it was just, um, it was very, very important for that all of this stuff had, had some resonance of, uh, 
really again to give to give Brian credit for you know what it was in the book. I agreed. Mm-hmm. Did you have much of a preference now that you've done a series for Netflix? Is there a preference now for you doing Netflix or like streaming content that's released all at once like this, um, or television and film? What's your preference over those three mediums? Well, I just. Uh you know, I, I mean, the, the television series is good for the bank. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the mortgage company loves that. Um, but, you know, you, you, you love film, but because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it comes into town not like an actor. I mean, when, when a project comes to town, there's like one designer role and one art director role. And, and so, you know, you, you kind of hope that you nail one of those projects. Um, I, films will always be my passion, but th- but this was a very very special series again, and and uh, I mean I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. So I, I don't know. It, it's really dependent on the project, and on, and who the project's being brought by, and who the directors are, and who the personnel are, because there's just uh, there's there's a bunch of variables to them. But uh, uh, most of the stuff that I, I guess I've crossed on both. I've, I've done a fair amount of television work as well as a fair amount of film work. So, um, but normally it's it's you get more money with features, so you can kind of play more. Mm-hmm. But uh, but this with this that said, I mean it's it's you know imagination doesn't limit the budget. So uh, it Hemlock turned out you know it was, it was a great budget and and you know. It, it, but there's never enough, right? I mean, there's, there's always yeah. that battle where, where you know, the creative goes, wow, yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, because I sit back and reflect on what some of the stuff that was designed uh, that we just couldn't afford to build that was just mind-blowing. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of hoping that if, you know, season two goes, we might be able to steal some pieces of those things back and find some money for them. Since you've had such a great career and the opportunity to work on so many different projects, is there any project out there that still is like a dream project for you that you would just love to work on? Um, again, it, I mean, it's primarily driven by the story. Um, I, I mean, I love period pieces and just because of what you can do with them and, and the amount of research, again, that, that you go into them, but... Uh, it's it's really the story that that attracts. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's the typical where without the story, there's really nothing, and and everything works off of that. So uh, it it really comes down to whatever that project is. And is there any one project um, you've worked on so many that you could say is kind of like your proudest moment in your career? Well, I would have to say it's Hemlock Grove. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, that's just you know that goes without saying that one. So I kind of just I hope it. And I mean, it was a different structure as well. Not worrying to have to, you know, do the breaks as. And I know you've talked with with Darren and the rest of the guys, Mark, and 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 about the delivery is different. So. Um, there's much more intensity that you can put into a show, uh, and you don't have to worry about you know selling laundry soap and things like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and as well as the opportunity to be able to stream all all episodes one night. I mean, I did the binge thing, and uh, <laughs> just to me, I because that's just the way you know that you find in the characters, and and uh, but I think that, that that's definitely the way of the future is 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 what Netflix has got themselves into right now for sure because it's uh, it's by far the best way for storytelling 
I think, uh, as well as, you know, hopefully for, for the overall audience feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's just, yeah. you know, much much like buying a novel or buying a book from the store, We you know, people can do it at their own pace. And, Correct. And, and Netflix, you know, being such a, a great pioneer in this medium is just, it, that's like what they're doing with, with Hemlock right. Grove, with uh, House of Cards, with Arrested Development, all the other original series that they've had coming out. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, this is such a character-rich show, and what, what's cool about it is that we have so many ups and downs with all the characters. And I wanted to ask you, Dean, wh- who is your favorite character and, and why? <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, again, I have to, you know, I mean, you think all of them are amazing, and because you've seen, because some of them were so young, uh, to see them actually at the end of the show, to see how much they've actually grown in their performance and their confidences was, was truly mm-hmm. wonderful to watch. But the character that, you know, you got to go after the, the underdog and the sympathetic. And, and to me, it's, you know, it's, it's the Shelley character who has to get, you know, because she's just, she's the, you know, she's the heart and soul of the, of, of the show in, in many ways. I mean, you know, she's, she's the one that's in the end that does the right thing and is, is always concerned about other people. And she speaks more of humanity than I think of, which is, you know, counter to obviously the way she's she looks mm-hmm. um so there's that that paradox there but it's uh I, shelley was you know t- uh, totally a, an, an incredible character and uh yeah I, I liked i liked her i mean i did you know you, you you like them all but you can't it's like it's like raising your children you know you can't <laughs> love one better than the other yeah <laughs> you know? agreed um what other projects have you got in the near future that we should keep our eyes or ears out for? Well, hopefully mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll be able to yell and scream that Hemlock is coming back. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for that. Um, there's there's you know like like anything you you never give a show away uh, on Bird in the Hand because it's always you know one of those series with this type of industry you got to take what's there, but. Um, you know, I've turned down a couple of projects in hope that, you know, everything comes together because I firmly believe that it was such a good program that I believe that Netflix will go again on, on a second mm-hmm. season. And I'm trying to kind of keep myself available for that with, uh, you know, taking stuff obviously in between, but nothing longer term until I get confirmation one way or the other on, on Hemlock. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Very well. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Dean. And uh, we, you know, it's, it's always great to have such different perspectives, uh, especially from you being the art director on the show. Uh, where can our fans here at AfterBuzz TV follow you at? Are you active on, uh, do you have a website or social media platform that we can follow? Uh, well, it's the, the, the Twitter account, and I have a Facebook account, and um, um uh, you know, you guys would probably know that stuff better than I would. <laughs> where, can uh, we, where can we find you at on Twitter? What's your at sign on there? It's the D.A. Odell. D.A. Odell. Okay. okay. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. good. Well, uh, Dean uh, A. Odell, uh, the art director for <laughs> Hemlock Grove, thank you so much for joining us on the AfterBuzz TV podcast for Hemlock Grove. Thank you very much for the invitation, and uh, it was great talking to you guys. 
Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Well, that was awesome. Yeah. That was great. Such yeah. a different perspective. And thanks to Marissa for getting on all of our wonderful guests. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Marissa. Yeah, you rock. <laughs> yeah, it is so fascinating yeah. to just hear everybody's different perspectives. It's really kind of... I know. But I love that the fun, overall right? theme that we're hearing is that everyone wanted this to feel like a movie. And that's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. something that we've all felt like we're watching a very long movie that we just don't want to ever end. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And ever... <laughs> Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I, and I loved how everyone said that, like, they just all collaborated mm-hmm. well together, and that's why Hemlock Grove was so successful, because everyone just worked well. Mm-hmm. And also, everybody loves Shelly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the second or third person to call her the heart and the soul of yeah. it, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. like, the most likable person on the show. Like, she, she has... She probably has a 5% dark side compared to everybody else on the show. Well, not only is she a great character, but also just her story. I mean, to be an extra and then get that, that's a love story like that. That's awesome. Yeah, you're right. Um, So, fans, don't forget, if you guys want to hear more of us, check us out on iTunes. Just type into the search bar Hemlock Grove, and guess what? We're the first (laughs) podcast that pops up. And additionally, on the iTunes store, go ahead and type in Serial Buddies or The Adventures of Serial Buddies. I think Mm. you just type in Serial Buddies. It comes up, right? Adventures of Serial Buddies. That's right. It's, and it's pretty much Dexter meets Dumb and Dumber. And this is Maria Menounos' our CEO and founder and Kevin Undergaro's collaboration to create this funny, amazing film. That is just, it's on there. for um, You can download it instantly. Uh, I bought my copy already. And I've been, like, looking at my favorite farts. Uh, my favorite, <laughs> Your favorite <laughs> farts, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My favorite funny parts. <laughs> running that word together. Uh, yep. Favorite funny parts. Um, and I'm just like, my favorite character. I've, there's I've probably said some farts in there. Is, oh, there is. <laughs> there is. Yeah, there's no, a few. There's, there's, there's some kazoos, too. I, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just such a funny show, and, or uh, rather a film. And my favorite character on there is Vinny Van Gogh, who's mm-hmm. played by Gian Molina. And that guy is hilarious, man. He's the mm-hmm. energy vampire <laughs> on there. So if you guys want to know what we're talking about, you know, you can help us out here at AfterBuzz TV. Help us keep the lights on, and it's you guys, you guys who are going to help support us. And you know, go ahead and tweet at us, too. Tell us, hey, I bought the uh, I bought the film on iTunes, and uh, and let us know what you guys think, too. Get, you know, and be sure to let us know what you think of the podcast as well. Rate and comment us. Uh, leave, some, leave some comments for us to talk about. Uh, we had Alex RT. 10 12 91 gave us four stars and he said this is one of the weirdest and hardest shows to follow i have ever watched but i'm mesmerized and you guys do an awesome job of breaking it down and bringing clarity and we also got another comment on our youtube channel from go bears go bulls <laughs> saying thank you team for another entertaining recap Yes. yes. That's awesome. We sound like yeah, they're Chicago. Yeah. There. Yeah. I wonder if you're from Melanie. <laughs> so am I. So am I. <laughs> Perhaps. So uh, I think we pretty much wrapped it up with the bromance stuff. Yeah. yeah. Olivia yeah. and Shelly had an interesting conversation in the attic, and we kind of touched on that mm-hmm. a little bit, but let's let's go more into detail about it. So I, there must have been some like big-time metaphors and symbolism there. We. Uh, but I, I didn't catch all of that. Did you guys? <laughs> nope. Right over my head. Watched it a couple times. Oh, right. tried. I was I was trying to watch it a few times and try to piece it together, and I got nowhere. So I'm hoping you guys picked up more than what I did. Well, so- I, I think the thing is just, like J.J. said before, she said, um, you know, that it's about the history repeating 
itself, and that she can expect this kind of behavior from Roman. So something might happen to Roman that she's expecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's how I took it too. I thought it was interesting. I like to see Olivia like this because I, I had to rewatch the scene first when she discovers he's gone right before when you know she's talking to Shelley because the first time I missed the full moon and the reflection mm-hmm. like an idiot. I didn't see that till the oh. second time I watched when she said that little shit. Yeah, when she said yeah, that and little then she shit. smirked. Yeah. That's what I had to watch again. Yeah. I'm like, she and actually smirked like she knows you know what he's yeah. up to, and I liked that because it wasn't like she's just mad, and that it really set up the whole conversation with Shelley to be more of this like. You know, she's not mad at her either, and it just mm-hmm. really set it up yeah. well, I thought. But who was she talking about with that little shit? Because the first time I watched it, I assumed she was talking about um, Peter, because Peter had been in the room, and, you know, maybe she thought that Peter convinced Rowan to leave. And the second time, when I saw the smirk, I was like, oh, maybe she's talking about Roman. I totally time. thought Roman. Yeah. I thought because he's he left without telling her, yeah. and then she knew it was the full moon, so he was going to be out. Since she knows, since she made it seem like she knows what he's going to be doing, or mm-hmm. you know, because she said he knows, she knows what he's up to this whole time. So seeing the full moon, she's like, yeah, that little shit's out there. You know, yep. I know what he's going to try to go do. That's the great thing about he's this. He's going to be with Peter during yeah. the full yeah. moon. Yeah, ambiguity. We really yeah. don't yeah. know what she means. <laughs> <laughs> Like who? Yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? Which one is the shit? <laughs> <laughs> it is, and you have to watch it over and over because you're like, wait, wait, no, wait, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, the moon's there, so that makes me think of Peter. But yeah. then Roman's the one missing, so yeah. And <laughs> that whole conversation, though, that Shelley and Olivia had, mm-hmm. it was just, it was actually very calm. And she didn't, she even said to herself, oh, I'm not cross, at least not with you. It didn't even mm-hmm. she, seem mm-hmm. like she was cross with Roman or Peter at all. And so, I also, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I also liked when she said, when she first asked her and she said that she, you know, doesn't know where he was. And then she's like, oh, I'm not going to quote this correctly. But she's like, that's what I love about you. You, you know, you, your inability to speak <laughs> yeah. is also you can't lie. The beauty you know? of your inability to yes, speak is <laughs> the inability to lie. Yeah. Which is so true. Yeah. 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 Because all she does is just like, mm. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, nod, nods and grunts. Yeah, but and then there was that whole thing with their roles being like predetermined before mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. you know. So it, it seems like it, there's so much religious content in this show, and it seems like maybe there is a divine hand playing everybody, you know, playing everybody like puppets, and we we really not we don't see them. You know, it's like yeah. someone's marionetting them behind the scenes. Or, like, all this stuff can happen, and you can't help it, you can't stop it, no matter what you try to do. It also made me really want to know, like, the past between, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the different types of species that they are, like, because mm-hmm. it seems like it's history repeating itself over and over again. And so and it just made me, like, hungry to know, ah, what was all the past, and how is it, you know, doing this again? Because she seems to know what's coming. Makes yeah. me think yeah. of how old is Roman really? Uh-huh. How old, How old is, is Olivia? Olivia? Yeah. Is Olivia really? Yeah. How old is everyone? Does mm-hmm. is it like that superhero movie with Will Smith where they just keep where he keeps like coming back to life mm-hmm. and then dying and forgetting everything? I can't. Hancock. Like, Hancock. Yeah. Hancock. Yes. That one. Is it like one of those things going on right mm-hmm. now or something different? I don't know. I did get that sense with Olivia. Yeah. Like she just can't die. She yeah. just keeps coming back she just keeps and keeps living. Form. Yeah. Now, Christina and Norman also have an interesting conversation in the hospital, and it was only mm-hmm. one scene that had Christina in it this episode, and mm-hmm. she's sitting there, she's all like, it's funny because uh, 
or in another scene, it was Marie. She said, oh, Letha's morose. I feel like <laughs> Christina was kind of morose, too, because she's just sitting there all, like, drugged up. And speaking of drugs, she asks, <laughs> she asks to get her meds lowered from Dr. Norman. And, uh, he, you know, he sa- I think he says, like, doesn't he say, like, oh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll see. I'll, I'll probably. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. get there. And now I feel like she talks about magic. And why does she ask him? Why do you guys think she asked him if he believes in magic? I couldn't <laughs> think of why. Well, I, I just think maybe it's just um, all these random things keep happening. And it might be some mystical force behind everything, but just to explain, like, all the weird things that's going on in that town. But she also says the interesting line that uh, all this medication Mm -hmm. makes her feel like blocking something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which she followed up with, she feels like she can't find her way back. Exactly. And she was conveniently nowhere to be found. That night during the attack, telling you she did just it. telling she you because her friends were calling her and they left her a voicemail. Uh-huh. Like, this is like our fiftieth voicemail that really you. Why yeah. haven't you picked up the phone? And the whole time I'm just thinking, all right, Christina, where are yeah. you? Because I just saw you in the hospital, but you're not going anywhere yeah. unless you did. After this episode, I was like convinced. Yeah, like she did it. She just ate her friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They were good friends, but they also weren't good yeah, friends. They were, yeah. they were mean girls and to her. her. And like, even on the phone when they were leaving the message, uh, she was like, "Call us back, bitch." Yeah, yeah which yeah. also for me kind of made sense that, that the <laughs> whoever did this, it is going after the snatch because it, like, <laughs> they were like the hoochie girls that were like, you know, like, and then she was feeling like she had to compete and have sex and get the condoms and all the mm-hmm. things that we've kind of talked about this whole time. Yeah. So then I'm like, it actually makes sense for me if she's going and that does attacking make, them in their girl parts. Yeah, that does, that does <laughs> make kind of sense if Christina was the killer, if she's this Vargolf. But we haven't even seen yeah. if it is a wolf-looking creature. We don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a white wolf, yeah. hence her hair turning mm-hmm. white. Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> in the next few episodes. There's only what, three episodes left, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's yeah. going so fast. So, um, all the more reason to have season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, since Netflix. you brought up the, epi- yeah. the <laughs> sorry, the scene with Marie too, I did think she had an interesting line to Norman when she said, uh, "At a time like this, the only thing there is is to stay together." Yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah, that's keeping that, the family together. Yeah, I noticed that too. It seemed like everybody was fearful and scared of the Vargolf, and not even just the Vargolf, but the killer, because mm-hmm. everybody just thinks it's a killer for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. And the full moon that's out. Everybody's scared of it, but at the same time, it's bringing everybody together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because just last last week, right, was when she they had the whole scene in the at the table, and she was mm-hmm. mad and upset with him and stuff, so it was kind of a big turn for her now in this episode from yeah. last week. And I just wanted to point out that I, I'm still not sure how I feel about Norman, because after he left Chrissy's room and was talking to Sheriff Sworn, um, you know, he asked um, how Chrissy was doing. And he goes, well, you know, someone with her condition. It was just the way he said her. I was kind of like, I don't know that I like you that much, Dr. Norman. <laughs> I feel like you're up to something else. And the way he said that, I don't know, just didn't rub me the right way. So probably completely out there type of gut feeling. But I'm going to go with it. Go with it. Don't trust him. Hmm. Based off of that one thing. <laughs> so, Chaucer, she's hunting down Peter this time. And she's more adamant about it. But she oh, wants to she... do it her way, right? 
the even though she she calls her brother, this is the first time we get to see her brother because that other guy. It, we were proposing yeah. that it was her brother, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, right? Because that guy Correct. looks totally different. He looks, the the other dude in the suit, he was like bigger, taller. He had more facial hair. This time, we get to see Michael, mm-hmm. and he's on the other side of the phone. What he's he looks like he's an agent with the Order of the Dragon as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, sni- he's sniping mm-hmm. somebody out. He's observing someone with his binoculars, and taking we, pictures. He's taking mm-hmm. pictures. We don't know where he is. Is he in Hemlock Grove also? Because at the end of the episode... He got there quick. Yeah, she, I yeah. kind of thought so, because he said that he's on a beach in Hawaii, but even when he was looking out yeah. the window, you can see he's in this woodland area. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's in Hawaii. Yeah. No, I, yeah. No. I think that was definitely sarcastic and, you know, covering. Oh, definitely. What if he was observing her, making sure that she's not going off the mission? Possibly. Could be. It's possible. And... Uh, also, like, at the end, she, um, Shuster has this flashback, right? I'm kind of jumping ahead. But she has mm-hmm. this flashback, and she, t- she told him to meet her at the spot. Mm-hmm. You, you know where it is. And it's at the waterfront, right? Mm-hmm. N- yeah. Where the steel mill is. It's like, have they been to Hemlock Grove before? Mm-hmm. How many times yeah. have they been there? Is this, like, the nexus of the universe for, like, vargles <laughs> and, like, mystical creatures and stuff? It's like the hell mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just pretty weird. Like, you would have thought that it, it doesn't seem like they've been to Hemlock Grove before, but then she yeah. says, meet me at the spot, and then they've clearly been there before in the flashback. Yeah, you know where. But the good thing, the interesting thing about this flashback is that you see uh, Chasseur, she's drinking Diet Coke, and Michael's like, well, that's disappointing because he thought it was beer and he wanted mm-hmm. a sip. And But she said that she was sober for a year. Did the order make her sober? Or be, being in the order, mm. did that cause her to become sober? She fell, fell off that bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. Very quick. All the stress <laughs> of hunting down I werewolves. I mean, she's killing. I know she doesn't think they're people, but I still think they're people. Yeah. So. I think she does. Yeah. I think part of her feels like they're people. And that's why she yeah. was having such an internal conflict with going after Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially since he's just a kid. Yeah. And uh, also, she goes. She goes <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> was that I don't know. The real us, like, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they made eye contact. It was really, it was very intense. And it was We're all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> Allow me to interject. Go ahead. So she goes up to Sworn. Now let's backtrack more a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. so she goes up to Sworn when they're still in the field, and he's he's telling all his deputies to go out and set up their posts to do their surveillance or like, patrols and stuff for the night, right? For yeah, because mm-hmm. he put the whole town on curfew, mm-hmm. and they're setting firemen and feeder lights, which is interesting. What the hell are feeder lights? Feeder lights are LED lights that you set up, uh, use during hunting at night. Oh. Mm-hmm. So you can see the ground and yep. possibly see the wolf, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she has this conversation with him, pretty much telling him that she's going to be leaving. But she says it's so long-windedly, mm-hmm. right? And she's she's asking him, or she's telling him all this stuff, and he was like, for, you know, aside from the obvious, what the hell does any of that mean? <laughs> I felt the same way. I, <laughs> I was like, yes, Swarm, telling it like it is. That's how I feel a lot in this show sometimes. <laughs> like, guys, just say what you mean and mean what you say. I agree, especially, with, especially with her, because it's like after all the heaviness with her brother and that conversation and figuring out what happened with their dad and all mm-hmm. that, and then to have this too the same way, like, oh, come on, just spit it out. Just <laughs> say it simply, please. But some things that I did get from there after after I rewatched this and found out what happened to his kids, what she mm-hmm. kept saying, trust your gut mm-hmm. feeling, you know where you're needed, 
you know, you should be where you don't don't um, be fooled by strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, you you, you have know, a lot to protect. Yeah, you have a lot to protect. Which is interesting because Destiny also told Shetsura, you, you know, you have to trust your feeling in your gut, too. Yeah, And, she even, and now yeah. she's telling it's a swarm. Yeah, she touched it right there, too, yep. in the stomach. It's about knowing it mm-hmm. in here. But um, I think, obviously, Sworn must have kind of got it. He kind of, like, it didn't go completely over his head. Yeah. So he ended up at his home, and he was even recalling some of the deputies to come, like, mm-hmm. just patrol his house, too. And he got so distracted. We're going into Sworn now. But let's, actually, <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit. <laughs> backtrack, yeah. <laughs> to Chasseur. So she, she ends up going to the steel mill. And at first I was like, is that her? You know, I wasn't yeah. too sure, yeah. but she was all decked out in her tactical gear, and she looked like a SWAT officer. She did, right? Yeah. And she was running around in the rafters, and then she made it down there really quick after she took that shot. It's She's like, athletic. Yeah, I was like, dang, did you do like a triple somersault <laughs> off that thing and stick the landing? I wonder yeah. how much weapons training. I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, was like, I wouldn't put it past she her. She has an athletic build. She could yeah. do it. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I wonder how much weapons training. Or we should ask her when she comes mm-hmm. in. Is she coming in next week? Next week, I believe. Yes. Ooh. Next week. You hear that after yes, Buzz? We fans. will have Candace McClure <laughs> in studio. Candace McClure, who plays Doctor Clementine Chaucer. She's going to be here next week in person. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> so you guys can watch it live. Oh, yeah, and you can watch it live on your iPads and iPhones, too, because we're running on HTML5, right? That mm-hmm. is correct. Yeah, that's sweet. Boom. <laughs> so she, she, she's up in the rafters. She's chasing him down. She, she gets him, and re- he didn't even get to search for anything. I was <laughs> so mad at that yeah. moment. I was hoping she would miss. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was disappointed, too. Yeah. But, I was, too. And then she muzzles him. Yeah. So, obviously, he's not the killer because he was knocked out and muzzled the whole night, mm-hmm. pretty much, or at least most mm-hmm. of the night. And Which mm-hmm. is what Roman kept trying to tell her. It's not him. It's not him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, she really did her homework on, on Roman, and she was like, don't make eye contact, yeah, do not mm-hmm. make eye contact with me, and she had her gun on him. At first she had the rifle with the darts on him, but then she even pulled out her, uh, she pulled out her blade. sidearm, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, And she pulled out her blade, threatening to, okay, if you're not yeah. scared, then I'm going to cut Peter <laughs> yeah. and spill his blood all over the place. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cute, and it goes back to their little rekindled bromance that, you know, Roman was so scared that she was going to yeah. hurt Peter and you could just see it. He was like, no, just just please, please don't hurt him. And mm-hmm. then it would turn into anger, like, I'll find you, I'll find you, and I'll kill yeah. you myself. You know, so, I mean, I thought that was really sweet that, you know, they've gone through so much yet here they are at this point and you can see that they truly do have each other's back. So you can't really yeah. question the loyalty there anymore, I mm-hmm. think. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moment. definitely in it. So she puts him in the back of the truck, and she she does she do a call? Yeah, she did a call yeah, to she, the bishop, she, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she said to get a doggy bed out because he's taking a nap nap. <laughs> <laughs> and what a creep that bishop is! I just have to say, mm-hmm. I do not like him at all. Bad, no, bad, bad. I don't like yeah. And I kept I thought it was such a good visual when he's like orchestrating all this stuff, and then be up above him on the stained glass. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the guy. And he, and he told her not to mm. purge the beast yeah. herself. Mm. He specifically said, "Bring 
the bring beast, the body, bring the body to us, and we'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And here she prays before she's gonna kill mm-hmm. Peter. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing is when Shasor is talking to the bishop, they're calling each other by codenames, and Shasor's yeah. name is Little Mouse, which isn't really yeah. predatory if you think about it. Little mice, uh, Little Mouse sounds like a name for something that's about to, you know, be attacked. Yeah, yeah. I she's mean, being preyed upon. you could call yourself like Hawkeye or Eagle or something more, yeah. <laughs> more threatening. Well, that's why I thought it was interesting with combined with the the stained glass above him, where it's got like little birds, yeah, and, like a wolf, you know, things that are like smaller things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think there was kind of a wolf like. Because um, at first I thought it was a lamb, but then it had a long tail that was so coming too. up there yeah. too. So it was like this guy herding all these things, and that's when he kept calling her little mouse. Mm-hmm. I felt that way too. I was like, that's not a very strong. So it felt like he was. That's what he was doing to her too. Mm-hmm. And how did Olivia Mouse know? Olivia Mouse, <laughs> Goldfree, know that she was called Little Mouse? Isn't that weird? Like, was she listening to her? Does she have super I hearing? I feel mm-hmm. like she listened to the conversation. Yeah. But did she say Little Mouse when she was on the phone with the bishop? I, oh. She might have I, said this is Little Mouse or something. I feel I like she, she did. Yeah. I feel yeah. like, like she said. she's like protocol and then Little Mouse and yeah. Cypher. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah blah, Cypher. Blah, blah, blah. But I think she said the Little Mouse out loud only when she was at the bar. So was Olivia following her at the bar or wherever, the, the game shop or wherever she was when she was outside? Hmm. Possibly. Obviously, you know, there's, there's yeah. so many ellipses and we don't know where Olivia really was. Like, I would assume she was at the house. But why? Why did she go all the way to the steel mill to I've, intervene? I, I mean, because her son was there. Yeah. I didn't think it had anything really to do with Peter at that point. It just had to do with she knew that something was going to happen, and maybe it was a mother's instinct that she needed to go protect her son. But I mean, we saw her um, hiding around the corner even when mm-hmm. Roman was leaving out the place. So yeah, I think it was just Olivia mm-hmm. trying to find Roman because. Olivia knows that he's awake now. What's the one of the few places that Roman will go to with Peter? Probably the steel mill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why she was there. Yeah, but uh, Chester raises her gun. We hear a gunshot. Boom, we're outside of the steel mill. We do not know what happens. <laughs> and all we, see, <laughs> all we see, at and it fast forward to the end of the episode, all we see is Chasser's truck which has all the evidence that she's worked so hard to get strewn about the river mm-hmm. and the surrounding woodland area. The kids find it. They try to open the door. The alarm goes off, and we don't get to see anything because the kids are <laughs> They ruined it for everyone. They did, yeah. seriously. So what do you guys think happened there? Do you think Chasseur's in the truck? Do you think she's in the woods somewhere, bleeding, injured? I think it could be one of two things because I don't think that Olivia... We don't know all the things Olivia's capable of yet, and I don't think Olivia would have been running her mouth to Chasser with the gun and everything if she didn't know that she could take her. So either Chasser actually did get away with shooting Olivia and Olivia's body in there, which I don't think, or Olivia, you know, did it, did something to defend herself and Chasser's body's in there, or I just love a third one. Maybe the whole thing's just staged by Chasser because she wanted to get out of the order. So maybe she staged it to look like something happened and threw all her evidence about and everything so that she could have a clean Ooh. escape to get out of there. Wow. That that's, one just came up. That's actually, that's a really I watch good a lot one. of like CSI yeah. and stuff, so I got the crime scenes down, guys. Nice. All right, fast forward to Sworn. Okay, so he's, he's try- he locks down the town. 
We know what he's doing. We've talked about it a little bit within the other topics. And he's at home. He gets distracted so easily mm-hmm. when he's at home. He, he's obviously on edge. Mm-hmm. But do you think the mm-hmm. Vargulf, or whoever the killer is, was smart enough to make all these banging sounds or, like, make noise outside so that Sworn goes outside? And he's distracted, and and look, it's like he's uh, he's lured away from the nest. Mm-hmm. He can't protect his kids anymore. Yeah, but didn't he I think close it was the just door? Mm-hmm. I just had to ask that because the I rear to, door, the the door that was inside, the door that he walked out the door of his house to go investigate. Yeah, he things. closed the door. Okay, just to make sure nothing gets in. Well, the, how that worked out? <laughs> that didn't work out well for him. We but know. I think it was just convenient how the weather was acting mm-hmm. up. It was windy. He had a staple. That door shut. Perfect timing. I'm kind of with you a little bit though. I had the thought that maybe the wolf was distracting him like that, pulling him away, and yeah. kind of setting him up so that she could go in. She. Yeah. Maybe okay. if she. Christina. Okay. <laughs> All right. I heard of she. I'm staying involved. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, but we don't I'm know. Probably way wrong. <laughs> we we don't know how it got in. It's is it going to show next episode? That's the question. Like, did did it get in through a screen door? Because mm-hmm. obviously those are weak. Did it break the glass? Because it's a wolf. It could probably you know maybe it's a yeah. vargulf, a strong ass wolf, mystical wolf. <laughs> so maybe it could break some glass or whatever and get in there. Maybe it's smart mm-hmm. enough to use a paw to open the door. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But I will yeah. say, sad that those girls got eaten but at least they went down looking great (laughs) they looked fabulous because they just done their hair and their makeup and they were having fun and they had on their glamour dresses and heels so at least they went out looking hot unfortunate (laughs) way to go yeah yeah Yeah, minus that but you still have to look cute if you're gonna go right all right the the thing is i noticed about because i rewatched this episode again around the girls they were like live white fur yeah White, mm-hmm. like Christina's mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the f- Christina takes her revenge. <laughs> All I know it's gonna be really hard these last few episodes to not watch the next one. <laughs> <laughs> even this one, I was like, oh come on, one more. Yeah, that's what didn't I wanted to also. When I went back on Tuesday night at the at, after the show ended, obviously here, I went back and I watched it sideways in my bed with my iPad <laughs> turned sideways. Um, but this is the first time that we have seen victims that we've known for so long during the show. Yeah. Every other victim, Lisa Willoughby and the... Brooke. 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 <laughs> keep forgetting her name. The other girl, the cheerleader, Brooke, they're just like nobody. We barely got to know them at all. Mm-hmm. We didn't like these girls very much for the most part, but it was still really sad to see them die. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how it's two girls die this time instead of the others. It was only one at a time. And that these deaths were... Um, caused in a house in in an internal mm-hmm. a, a interior space where the other ones were outside in the woods and whatnot. So it it makes me think that whoever or whatever killed these girls, it was kind of on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. And point. there was only one of them, right, that had her guts exposed. The other one did not. Am I right? We saw the guts on one of them. The yeah, other one was yeah. just like <laughs> yeah. The other one. Um, they're, Alexa and Alyssa were the the characters' names. So yeah, I'd, and he was what was he doing? He was like holding the guts too. Swan was, was like trying to push them back put in, yeah. put her back together. Because yeah. in a moment of shock, you just want to do everything <laughs> you can. But I like what Marissa mm-hmm. said about the change of 
sort of the crime scenes because if this was a person we were dealing with and, you know, a serial killer, you know, they usually have the same things that they do mm-hmm. every time to make it all connected where this one is completely different. So something has changed or maybe someone has changed to do this crime. So maybe it wasn't the same person. Maybe someone's trying to do like a copycat thing. Mm. If I was watching CSI, that's what I'd say. <laughs> Maybe. I just had a thought when you said that. This was supports my fact that it could be Christina. <laughs> but they talk. So we had the line earlier when um, Chasseur says, you can't know that about yourself and continue being a person. Like when if you're if you know yourself as a monster. So Christina said in this episode that she can't find her way, mm-hmm. having trout pole finding her way back. So maybe it's her monster and the monster and her and Christina are starting to get their lines blurred. So that's why maybe this one could be personal. Maybe. I like that too. Very I'm good. so down. I've always been down for this Christina Solerwolf <laughs> thing. So I like the JJ's over that's here supporting it. That's my prediction early. She called it. She called it. <laughs> well, I think we've pretty much exhausted talking about yeah. that stuff, but I just feel bad wow. for Sworn. And he, he oh, seemed because yeah. he's tried so hard throughout all these episodes, yeah. like mm-hmm. having all the police force on lockdown, making sure mm-hmm. because you see in multiple episodes, like the police are calling into him saying like this street and this street are all clear, mm-hmm. and, like throughout the whole season. And now you know his own daughter's dying in his own house. And I hope that they don't try to loop it to make him the killer to bring it back mm-hmm. on him because. We know he didn't do it, but the evidence, who knows what they'll actually find. You know, when he got up and he kind of ran towards... Mm -hmm. The second time I watched it, I was like, oh, he's just running towards his daughter's body because he, like, wants to see him one last time. Um, But the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, is he going to, like, run? Is he (laughs) trying to ditch the police and the ambulance people? They were asking him, you know, we got to know what happened, and he just couldn't speak, which I don't... Mm. As a father, how could you? Yeah. And I think he was still in a state of shock Mm -hmm. as well. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Can I bring up one more question for you guys to jump back sure. to something a little bit? We were talking about Olivia and Chaucer um, and the little mouse thing. Mm-hmm. So what do you think when she mentions also to her that where she says uh, St. Jude is not the order that you belong to? What do you think that she was like alluding at there? I mean, I know we've talked about her, but. I think Olivia knows more about the Order of the Dragon, too, than she's letting on. See, that's a really good point. We don't know, like, how she got all this info. Maybe it's because Olivia is, like you guys were talking about earlier, lived a longer period of time. Maybe she is this oompier slash vampire woman who's been around for generations and that she's familiar with the Order of the Dragon because they've tried to hunt her down before. Maybe she's changed locations. And what's the conflict with Chasseur and St. Jude versus Order of the Dragon? Well, I would say... I want to bring it back to last episode when she's having the flashback of the bishop putting that Order of the Dragon Mm -hmm. seal, the cross, on her. And he says to her, wear this among all others or, like, this is the only thing you should wear. Mm -hmm. But she's not wearing it. She's only wearing the St. Jude one. And that has a weird connection to that uh, that werewolf girl that she killed. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. do we know the meaning behind St. Jude? I do not. Well, St. Jude's the patron of lost hope. Lost, lost causes. Lost causes. Lost causes. Okay. And the She's Order of the lost. Dragon is St. George. So I wonder in the flashback scene with her and Michael which one she's wearing. Because at that time she was sober and seemingly happy with her job or mm-hmm. whatever. And now she's wearing this. So, And if it's, you know, the Question. patron of, you know, lost souls or 
what did we lost say? Causes. Lost, lost causes. causes. Maybe she's seeing herself more in a lost cause state since she's back to drinking. So. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. And okay. an, an, another thing is that I believe at the beginning of the episode when we first see Shesser, uh she's looking at the same pic- picture of Peter, but I thought the cinematography was interesting, how they filmed that, because you saw the reflection of the picture in a mirror, which was all distorted and kind of made me think it kind of reflects her mental mind state and maybe mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. her her views on things are getting a little bit blurred too and it's affecting her judgment and clouding her ways of doing things mm-hmm. i feel like she sobered up a little bit this episode otherwise she wouldn't have been able to command <laughs> roman to do stuff as yeah. easily or she's a functioning alcoholic yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she is. Right. Of episode, I still kind of thought she was drunk when she was looking at the pictures and yeah. stuff. I was like, oh, maybe she's still hitting the bottle. Yeah, but. you're right. She turned it around yeah. pretty quickly. And there was still more of that sounds coming from the next room. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I tell them to get a room, but clearly they already did. <laughs> and they're putting it to use. Yeah, they're putting it to good use. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move into our news and gossip. After Buzz yeah. TV News. I was checking out Instagram and Twitter like I usually do, <laughs> and I'm, uh, I was stalking Nicole Boyvin, who plays Shelly. She's the she's the face half of Shelly, <laughs> and she's if you want to if you guys um, our fans want to follow her on Instagram, you can follow her at Nicole N I C O L E Boyvin B O I V I N thirteen on Instagram, and yesterday she tweeted. A very delicious looking pick of some cupcakes that she says <laughs> were homemade and they look so scrum diddly umptious. That's awesome. <laughs> she, she, I wasn't sure if he was going to say cupcakes I, or what after that sentence. <laughs> she said homemade in her um, her comment, she said uh, homemade chocolate cupcakes with peanut butter cups and Reese's pieces mm-hmm. inside. Topped with peanut butter cream icing, sprinkled and crushed with Reese's Pieces, made by me and Mish Boyvin, which is her twin sister. Oh, yes. So if you guys want to check that out and uh, and drool a little bit looking at the picture, (laughs) you can. She has 84 likes on it and like 20 comments. I gotta say, it does look scrum dilly. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also another picture of of her um, that's right after that, I believe, which is her and her twin sister. So if you guys, our fans, want to go ahead and check that out, you can. See what she looks like without all the crazy eye makeup and bulging mm. stuff mm. coming out of her face. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, on Twitter, uh, when was this? A couple days ago, actually, just yesterday, Candace McClure she tweeted that she is sick as a dog. Oh, dot dot dot. Are dogs that sick? <laughs> my, my baby at Silence Music made my yummy spicy made me yummy spicy veggie laxa and i have hashtag netflix so it's not all that bad it's nice it's nice that the people who do the netflix shows enjoy watching netflix too that's pretty neat uh uh, landon libo iron who plays uh peter on the show uh you can find him at 77 flipped he tweeted an interesting a funny picture of ron burgundy so he must be into ron burgundy (laughs) and he he did that famous quote on there what if tonight we weren't co-workers but we were (laughs) co-people any news and gossip from you ladies um i checked on netflix the last time i checked the the reviews or the ratings went up to four hundred and twenty-two thousand one hundred and one wow. ratings. Uh, average of four, four stars, pretty good. And um, Gunya Dio Horn, who plays Destiny, romantic mm-hmm. in the show, she tweeted uh, last week that her 
short film that she was telling us about, The mm-hmm. Dust Smoke Shack, it won uh, Best County at the Yorkton Film Fest. Um, nice. Last week, so Congrats. good for her. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, see that. Good Maybe for tweet out a link, yeah. and we can uh, check that out. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. you want me to do that one, or you don't? Oh, you, you can, can say, say it, it, Marissa. Oh, you want me? To yeah, say I want it. you to say it. Okay, um, director and executive producer Darren Serafian is no longer going to be part of Hemlock Grove. Sad face. But um, he's going to be directing Hell on Wheels. Uh, I'm not sure how many episodes, but he's going to be directing that upcoming. And he's he now has a working job on the CW Starcrossed, which is mm-hmm. slated to come out the 2013-2014 season. It's a mid-season kind of show that will air on the CW it's a series that follows a romance between human girls and alien boys, and eight others of the alien kind are integrated in, into a suburban high school. Kind of feels like Roswell, like a modern yeah. day Roswell. I watched the I watched like the trailer for it. It looks pretty good. I also saw a couple CW faces in there of people that from other shows, like Matt Lanter from Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and then um, Carol Lockwood from The Vampire Diaries. She was killed off. Sorry if you haven't seen that finale. It was a long time ago. A couple episodes before the finale. But yeah, I was like, oh, the CW, keeping it all in the family. All right. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Darren. That's uh, great for him. Uh, maybe we'll cover the Starcrossed mm-hmm. uh, series here at Afterbus. So, but good for him. We, we wish him all the best. And Hemlock Grove wouldn't be Hemlock Grove without him. Mm-hmm. So, good for him. Prediction time. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. All right. Um, I feel like Peter is going to escape. I saw that game and fishing truck open, so I don't think he's. I don't think he's in there. And I, I think Shasur is going to be hurt. She won't be dead, but I feel like she will be hurt next episode. Uh, Marissa can't do anything. I can't do anything. I always look to my right. (laughs) Ladies across the table? I also don't think that Chasseur is dead, just because she has a lot of things that she still needs to take care of. Um, I cannot remember if I've actually said this out loud or just in my head, but I am totally with JJ that Christina is some sort of werewolf or something, or maybe even the killer of her friends. So, And I also predict that um, Letha's the cutest pregnant person ever because she never, I always forget she's pregnant, but I'm going to predict that one of these days we're going to see what's inside her. The, mm. the, the, <laughs> we're not going to use... I meant what creature or whatever is growing because I don't think it's a real baby. So whatever's growing in there, we're going to figure out what it is. This is after, oh, this awesome. is ABTV, not OBGYN. <laughs> Way worse than I wanted it to. <laughs> uh, I kind of did mine earlier, so but I will agree with you that I don't think Chasseur, I hate saying her name, Chasseur is dead. Chasseur. Chasseur. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was that moment where Chasseur called up Michael and asked for Michael's help to get her out of the order. So it makes me think that Michael's even higher up or more invested in the order than we know. But he told on her, Tattletale. He yeah, called he called the priest. Yeah. But. He has some pull with the order. 
I guess he does. He's, he's probably, yeah, you're probably right. He's up there in the organization. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, thank you guys so much, our fans at home, for uh, checking us out at our AfterBuzz TV Hemlock Grove podcast. Be sure to download Serial Buddies because yes. it's it's funny as hell. Uh, I guarantee it. And <laughs> thank you, Dean O'Dell, for calling in tonight. Yes, thank yes, you very much. Thank you. Yes, thanks, Dean. And be sure to uh, tune in next week, guys, because thanks to Marissa, once again, we have Candice McClure, who plays Chasseur, Dr. Chasseur, <laughs> coming into the studio with us live. And uh, we'll buzz with you next week. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, I forgot to say our <laughs> stuff you can follow us at. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Austin O. You can tweet your predictions at me at Serafini TV. You can find me at Sweet Tea 22 And I'm at JJ Jurgens. Thanks a lot, guys. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.